Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time this recording. This is episode 53 of the Restricted Zone podcast. And before we start, the crew here would like to wish everyone tuning in a happy New Year's. Uh, thanks a lot for being patient with us. Thanks a lot for listening to the episodes over the past two months. We haven't been recording, but we're back. Every, everything, everything is situated and we're ready to go. And we're ready to start the new year off with a bang. And we're ready to keep this going for the rest of the year and many more years to come. So with that being said, we will be talking about the NFL. The playoffs are starting this week, this weekend. And we want to get into some big NFL topics. And we want to discuss them and then give our own thoughts and opinions on it. So for my fellow guys right here, I want to introduce them. Chris, introduce yourself, man. Yo, welcome back, everybody. Happy New Year. Big facts. Greg, introduce yourself, man. Been a pleasure to be back. All right. Mar, introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's up, everybody that's listening? I'm glad to be back, and thanks for having me, Carla. Always, always. Kendrick, introduce yourself, man. Howdy. You know, it's me, Kendrick. I'm always I'm always one who's the smartest one of the group. It's okay, though. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> Right, right, right. All right. So we are missing two people, but they will be back. Uh, so in the meantime, we, I want to ask you guys this. This is the very first topic of today's episode. Uh, so in terms of the NFL season, the playoffs approaching uh, this weekend, what was some of the most disappointing NFL teams or even disappointing players in your mind that you thought they would have took that leap or they would be able to progress from where they were the previous season, but they just didn't take that next step or that next hump, just in your mind. So I want to start this off with Chris first. You can go ahead and start, Chris. Okay, so I was stuck between two teams for the majority of the year, and one of them was going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, but somehow, some way, they squeaked into the playoff spot, so I couldn't pick them. So – Instead, I have to go with the Indianapolis Colts just off the simple fact that they were in a prime position to clinch the playoffs and then lost two very important games, one against the Raiders at home, but then the shocking one, the Jaguars, um, in the last week of the season. And the fact that, you know, this is a team that traded their first rounder um, for the upcoming draft to get Carson Wentz. And you got Carson Wentz in the sense that he's going to be in this um, Frank Reich system, something that he's used to back in Philadelphia. And he's going to go not maybe not go back to the MVP level Carson Wentz, but go back to a very reliable quarterback. And what he showed us this year, even while having a very, a very good year, a very well, yeah, a very good year, he still isn't that quarterback you need him to be in those big moments. And that's just and just losing against a two-one team that has the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft already with a playoff spot on the line, uh, that's difficult. So I, I think it's easy, easily Indianapolis because they just missed their opportunity when it was right there for them. Okay, and that was just from the, you know, the franchise perspective. What about in terms of, you know, the players themselves? What player or, you know, a few players in your mind you thought uh, that disappointed you and they didn't take that next step uh, into what they should have been or what they could have been? Um, the first one is Kenny Galladay. Only because I just found out that um, he didn't have he didn't catch a single touchdown pass this year, 
And I know he signed like, I think, I believe it was like a four year, $72 million contract with the Giants. And I know he has his share of injuries, which was the question mark when he came to the team. But even with all the stuff going to New York, he, the fact that he didn't catch a single touchdown pass all year, that kind of shocked me. So I think that's number one. And number two for me is DK Metcalf. I think like he went down a little bit this year because I was expecting him to continue to play at a Pro Bowl level and be that good number one option for Russell Wilson. But I've seen at times throughout the years where he's almost non-existent in the Seahawks offense. And I didn't expect that off him. So I think those will be the two players I think that had a really disappointing year. No, they definitely aligned in, in what I thought of. And it's funny how you touched on uh, Metcalf and the Seahawks. We'll be touching on them later. Uh, Kendrick, I want to swing the question to you now. So in terms of the franchise, uh, what NFL franchise disappointed you? And, you know, besides the disappointment with the franchise, what player in your mind you thought would have took that next step, seeing what they did the previous year, and they didn't take that next step? Uh, so I'm going to start off with the team. I'm going to be honest. I was disappointed with the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, more so. Because, uh, yeah, because um, they had such they had such a great start. They got Sam Darnold, and I felt like this could have been a coming out party. For Sam Darnold as well, being like, oh, he's in a new, maybe it's just, maybe it was the organization that was holding him back. Maybe it was just a system that he wasn't comfortable with. Maybe a new change of scenery was something good. And then, you know, they started out, then they start out like in the first four games, like three and one, right? Um, Pretty, something like that. Yeah, three and one. Um, And then like, they just like, and then it just like, they fell off. Like they got, they have such a, very good defense but it's just like you know that that missing component and then they had to go out and get Sam, uh, cam newton again and then always constantly they had to bench sam Darnold, like constantly like having that quarterback um not having a stable quarterback in there really like hurt them and i feel like i thought you know this was going to be a coming out party but it really wasn't so in that sense, to lead into the next, the second part of the question on players who I was like, they had a disappointing year. I have two. One of them is Sam Darnold. Yeah, Sam Darnold hasn't been, hasn't had the best of success in the NFL so far. But, you know, that was just due because maybe it was the Jets. But, like, maybe he isn't a high caliber quarterback that he was coming out of college. And maybe he can't be that number one guy. I don't know. But from what he has shown so far, especially in the new system, and a new organization, he still hasn't shown that, oh, he was that worthy draft pick on whenever he got drafted. I'm not really sure. Remember where he got drafted. I know it was like in the top 10. Um, so there's the third. Oh, third. Okay. So yeah, he's not really showing his like his uh the reason why he got drafted third overall. And then another player I was disappointed to, this is a personal one, was uh Jalen Rager. Um he was giving all this big talk like, oh, I'm in a mental, mentally better spot. You know, I'm more healthy and I'm doing this and doing that. And it didn't translate over to on the field and it didn't translate to him like getting touches or being productive. Like crazy stat that I saw was that um, Henry Ruggs III had more yards in him at the end of the season. Henry Ruggs hasn't played since week eight. And that's ridiculous. Jalen had, I think, had I think, 269 yards by the end of the season. Henry, Henry Rugg had 400 and I think something. He had like over 400 yards in, um, for him. And it's just like, you know, 
And it's just like hurting to see that I feel like the Eagles wasted a draft pick on him. That's my take on it. Uh, and that's true. I also agree with uh, some of your some of your thoughts and some of your opinions. Mark, uh, from your perspective, what franchise, what NFL franchise disappointed you and then take that next step into becoming a better team? And also with that, the following individuals, you know, NFL players, what about them that had you disappointed that they didn't take that next step that they should have? Um, I'm going to say the Chargers disappointed me. Because oh, Justin Herbert was just like, I expected Justin Herbert to be Justin Herbert and come out and do his thing. Some games, you know, he had his ups and some games he struggled. Some games he was balling like straight balling. So the way they went out letting the Raiders get in after all the trouble the Raiders went through, not to throw dirt on the Raiders or anything, but because that's like, I'm not trying to like play like that play the Raiders, but they weren't supposed to let that happen, you know. So they beat them the first time. So they wasn't supposed to let that happen. And the player that I think, because I was rooting for this man, but that man's just terrible at this point. It's Baker Maker, uh, Baker Mayfield. That man is just, I can't do it no more. I can't even watch it. I can't watch it. Oh, man. Yeah, just blaming it. He just makes my eyes bleed. Like it's just no point of watching them anymore. And your eyes bleed? Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, he, he's definitely another one uh in terms of that draft that didn't pan out well in terms of quarterback. Um, Greg, I definitely can't wait to hear your perspective. What NFL franchise disappointed you by not taking that next step? And evolving, and what individual player they you know had you a little bit disappointed that they didn't take their next step in improving the game? Um, <clears throat> I think for me, in terms of a team, I think it would be the Minnesota Vikings, just because, like, I don't know. Um, I feel like you know Justin Jefferson has solidified himself as a true number one wide receiver in the league after already breaking the rookie record for reception for uh, yards in the season with over 1400. Um, you know, they had Dalvin cook who did miss some time throughout the, throughout the course of the year as battling ankle injuries, but still, I think managed to rush for over a hundred yards, a thousand yards for the season. Um, their, their defense was, was so was subpar, which I think uh, uh, hampered them. But I just think the Vikings weren't able to win close games um, throughout the duration of the season. And honestly, they like played down to a lot of their competition. They lost to the Cowboys on Sunday night football without Dak Prescott, even in the starting lineup. Like they just be losing weird games and then be coming out and winning games against the Packers out of the blue and stuff like that. So they're just like a head scratching team to me. And I mean, I never really like, I knew I thought it was going to come. I knew it was going to come down to the wire for the Eagles uh, against the Vi- like Vikings and Eagles. Like we're probably going to compete for that seven seed. And I was just shocked how quickly it went from the Vikings being like a potential threat to them being out of the playoff picture and us solidifying a spot without even going into the last week of the season. Like I thought it was just crazy. So um, I would say the Vikings. And then um, in terms of most disappointing player, um, I would have to say it would for me, 
And like, I don't know, it might not be a popular decision. I mean, because like, and like I've heard other people, like the talks of other people, like I didn't really have much faith in Jalen Rager or Baker Mayfield. But like, I feel like for as great as his season was, like Kyler Murray, for some reason, hasn't played up to the standard that I thought he was going to play within the latter half of the season. And mind you, he hasn't had DeAndre Hopkins, but like there's going to be like, Aaron Rodgers beat the Cardinals without three, like two of his top receivers in the lineup. You know what I'm saying? So for him to lose them to lose to the Lions, like some of the teams that they lost to, like has been kind of head scratching. And they were at one point they were t- um, what was it like ten and one, and then they finished the the season like I think like eleven and six. I mean eleven and six. So it's it's definitely been like a limp their way to the finish line. Um, and I think I, I think so highly of Kyler Murray as a player, and I just don't, I don't think he's been the same since he's come back from injury. Yeah, I I, I definitely saw his progression between is definitely tail two halves with Kyler, Kyler Murray, so I can't really disagree with your statement. So with that being said, we all stated uh, basically the most disappointing disappointing players in each of our you know respective opinions. So we're going to talk about the most impressive franchises and the most impressive players so greg i'm gonna swing it back to you because you were the last uh what was what franchise has been the most impressive in terms of whether it be the wins the defense the offense they took a big big leap between the previous year and now what nfl play in your minds definitely elevated the game to the next level um honestly i'm going to say like and I, I, I'm not even. It's not even impressed. I think this this year would just be the year. It's just been the year of the underdog, and so like for me, I'm just gonna go with, like I I could go with the Eagles, the Steelers, and the Raiders, in terms of like impressive. But I'm gonna go with the the Raiders just because like of all that they've had to overcome from. They're the first team to make an in-season coaching change at the head coach position and still make the playoffs. They've lost, they've lost some critical players, whether it's because of like decisions that they made or, you know, all of them through the decisions that they made um, and have had a lot of players injured. And yet, you know, that one point there were six and seven, I believe. And they tell like the past four, huh? No, I didn't say anything. Go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to say the and for them to like just like, you know, kind of end the season the way that they did and and just keep fighting, you know, claw their way in that lat in the game against the 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 Browns where they won in the last second field goal. And then to show up and and come down to the wire against the Colts and beat the Colts and to have a, a 15 point lead in the fourth quarter against the Chargers, lose it and still find a way to win. I feel like not and then lose and then lose like a great person like John Madden like to have all that and still find a way to make it to the playoffs like I think I'm very like I've been very impressed by what I've seen from the Raiders because they easily could have packed it in and they never did regardless of like the adversity that they went through throughout the season um and I think uh in terms of like a player I'll just stay with the Raiders I've been really impressed with uh Max Crosby uh I think he's been like I'll start like He's a like anytime I've seen him play, and I don't watch a lot of Raiders football. He just is constantly like like overly like super aggressive, and this like like the stats don't define this. His stat line does not define his impact on the game, 
And like, you know, like he got like, I don't know. I've just been really impressed by what I've seen and like reading into his story about like the addictions that he had to overcome and how he went from that before the season to being a pro bowler this season. I've been very impressed with what I've seen from from him and his work. Um, And like there's obviously other players that I could that you could like name, but I think he's probably going to be someone that isn't going to be talked about. So I just wanted to throw his name out there. No, that's pretty fair. I do want to add on the, to the Raiders. You know, they definitely have some tough-minded individuals. They definitely got strong wills. That's why they was able to preserve and uh, make it to where they are. Mar, I want to swing it to you. Definitely want to hear what's the most impressive NFL franchises in terms of this season and the most impressive players who definitely elevated their game and definitely expanded what they could do. Well, I'm going to start off with the player. And I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor because that man is that man is just different. Jonathan Taylor might be the next one. Like, might be the next, the next one. So, yeah, he showed me that he can just, like, carry a team. Like, he can just be like Derrick Henry and just be like, give me, the, give me the pill. I can do whatever I want with it. And he knows how to make people miss him. He's not, he's not, like, it's not easy to tackle. And the team that was most impressive to me that I didn't see coming is the Bengals. Um, Joe Burrow, I always saying I would take Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow. But when Joe Burrow came back, Joe Burrow just looked like a whole different man. But he, he, looked, like, he looked like he the next one, too. And their defense was – their defense looks better. It looks like it's going to be some, but that offense, Joe Burrow is definitely it. But yeah, that's 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 what I'm going to go with. Uh, is it safe to say Joe Burrow, uh, the one to piggyback off that, uh, he's a franchise quarterback. He's You you think he's he's becoming that in your eyes, or you feel like he has a little bit more to go? Oh, he, he already is. Oh, he already is. All right, that's fine. That's fine. All right, Chris. Uh, what NFL franchise, you know, especially Greg praising your team, making you feel warm-hearted right now? Uh, what NFL franchise has impressed you in, in terms of what they was able to overcome, whether it be the offense, defense, or anything outside of the field? And then also in terms of the player, what NFL player or players that, in your eyes, definitely improved their game, took it to the next level, and they elevated themselves? Okay, so since Mara Gray took the teams I was going to say, I want to touch on them real quick. Um, you know, everything Greg said about the Rams was very true, and I think an important thing that was left out is the fact that Derek Carr, even if he, if people say he's a below-average quarterback, average quarterback, above-average quarterback, this season Derek Carr proves to me that he's one of the best leaders in the NFL because, again, a lot of what happened, everybody's talking to him because he's – been up with the Raiders for eight years. Obviously, he, he's been a pro bowl a few times, but he's like almost the face of the organization. And the fact that he took all that, all that adversity on his shoulders and was able to help the team just fight through everything and lead the way and just somehow, again, scratch and claw to win four straight games to make the playoffs. And I wrote them off after they got, after they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs the second time, winning four straight games, two of them on the road, two against division opponents. So, I just wanted to touch on Derek Carr, and um, I'm gonna come back to the Bengals in a second. But I will say, I have been impressed with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm saying that because 
I mean, in the beginning of the year, um, I was one of the people that didn't think that the Eagles would somehow manage to win nine games and somehow make or ten games. Or, you are nine games, right? Nine games. We're you are not, yeah. not nine and eight. Okay. Yes, sir. So, yes. Yeah. So the fact that you guys won nine games and somehow managed to make it to the playoffs, it was it was impressive to me the fact that the way that everybody came alive throughout the weeks. Albeit, I do feel like you guys did take advantage of week schedule down the stretch, which is perfectly fine at the end of the day. Um, I was impressed with some of the progression of Jalen Hurts because at times he, in the beginning of the season, he really looked like he wasn't going to be um, the quarterback for next year. And I thought he was going to be gone probably before the year even ended. But he proved to me that He's, he's probably not going to be our comeback for the future, but he deserves to be in the NFL, even if it's as a backup. The fact that y'all just finally committed to the run and seeing just how powerful you guys are on the ground has also been impressive to me. So that's why I go with the Eagles. Um, the most impressive player, well, Morgan took my pick. I was going to say Jonathan Taylor, but I've impressed with two on the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to go with, I believe his name is Trey um, Hedrickson, if I'm right. Thanks for Hedrickson. So I wanted to point him out because I remember a lot of people, and I, I wasn't one of these people because I didn't really know much about him, but when he was in New Orleans, a lot of people said that he got the success that he was getting because of the defensive line he played with, because of Cameron Jordan, because of guys like that getting all the attention. It was easy for him to take advantage of one-on-one matchups. And when he got his big contract from the Cincinnati Bengals, again, there was a lot of naysayers basically saying, oh, this is a chance to be a star, but I don't think he is. He's not going to be playing with a very – good D-line. And the fact that, again, he went out this year and just had a Pro Bowl year and just elevated that Bengals defense to finally help out with people like Jesse Bates in the secondary, get some pressure on that quarterback. And he just proved that he actually was that good in New Orleans, man. He just wanted to be in a place where he could really show off his talents. And I feel like he really did that this year. Somebody else from the Bengals that I think really impre- that impressed me was Jamar Chase. And I say this because I knew Jamar Chase was going to be good, but I thought the Bengals made the wrong choice selecting him fifth, and I was completely wrong about that. I thought that even though that Joe Burrow was going to get a good target, his offensive line was still going to be terrible. But what Jamar Chase showed me, he is the, he him and Justin Jefferson are going to be the wide receivers for the next decade, just the wide receivers. And you know what I mean when I say the receivers. The next decade, that's a strong statement. Strong statement. Okay, definitely impressed with uh, with definitely what what, what you took the, from the Cincinnati Bengals player, Kendrick. Can't wait to hear yours. What NFL franchise in your mind, and from your perspective, was you know the most impressive, and in terms of whether it be the offense, defense, or etc. And what players individually uh, definitely impressed you in terms of their performance. So everybody's been saying my pick. Um, it started off, boom, I was going to say the Raiders. Somebody said, I think Greg said the Raiders. Then uh, Mar, said, Mar said the Bengals. I was going to say the Bengals. Chris, Chris said the Eagles. I was like, that was going to be my real last choice. But uh, um, I guess the most impressive team, I would have to say, some people may not say they were. this was impressive. But I'm going to go with the Patriots just because it's impressive to me how how you can look at uh, how you can just have a system so well crafted 
that you can just put somebody in there and they still will have success. That that that's fair. That's fair. And it's like Mac Jones come in, getting being a rookie draft is like oh you know the whole thing with him and Cam like battling out, and then they sticking with Mac Jones. They end up going ten and seven, finishing second in their division in the AFC East, and that's like now they have the up and coming Bills, which they're one and one against the Bills. Um. It went in the regular season, but yeah, I felt like that right there was just such impressive. Like it will always impress me just how like you know a system can go a long, a further, a longer way than um an actual player can, and with the consistency of it working and being like we're so we're gonna be like um being positive and like always winning. Like uh another example is that like Mike Tomlin the Steelers. This man has not had a losing season since he started coaching. It's just like the system. And having, you know, having a good core and just like continuing and believing in it and just like going on and on and on and continuing. And that just shows just like how like everything comes full circle once the, once you have a foundation started. And then uh, uh, one uh, player that I was um, truly, truly most impressed, you know, he came from my alumni. Penn State, uh, Michael Parsons. Michael. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> he came in. He actually, um, he was actually the highest rated uh, PFF player, P- PFF linebacker in the entire NFL. He, um, he was he had double digits in sacks. He really was like he really came in and made a statement as a rookie linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. Granted, I do I despise the Cowboys, but I have to give props where props is due. And another person is uh, who had like, you know, just from a number standpoint, uh, Trevion Diggs with having double digits and interception, he was very impressive on that note. But the I feel like you know, a player that's like really showed the best was uh, Michael Parsons. OK, that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, Michael Parsons definitely shown definitely some major improvements. Definitely what you highlighted. And like I said, the Eagles, I mean, you know, a lot of people's like, we're not going to the playoffs. This, that, and the third. And we're we're here. We got a big challenge up this Saturday, but can't wait for that to happen. So moving on to the next topic. We're gonna talk about I will say this. The Eagles have a great chance just because of be just because of how. Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady's record against the NFC East. That's all I want to say on that. Okay. That, all right, Chris, do you co-sign with that? Or you feel like we, it, it's over for us? I mean, I'm taking Tom Brady still, but, I mean, everybody got a chance to win. So, I'm I, I'm rooting for them, Doug, this weekend. So, I mean, I got Tom being up, but everybody got a chance. I appreciate it. All right, okay, okay. I love to hear the positivity there. All right, so we're going to move on to the next topic of today's episode. We're going to talk about one particular quarterback, a Super Bowl champion himself, Russell Wilson. Uh, honestly, his situation with the Seahawks, it seems like it's time for them to part ways, uh, move on to the next chapters and, and both of them, respectfully. And I definitely want to know what team for you guys, more importantly, uh, what team do you think he should go to, should he be traded to, or a sign with that would maximize his potential in, in terms of chasing for that you know, that second Super Bowl ring. So I want to start off with Chris. Just what team do you think uh, should Russell Wilson go to for next year? 
in order to fight for that uh, Super Bowl championship? Um, to be honest, I'm still under the opinion that Russell Wilson won't be gone. Um, I feel like he wants to be in Seattle, and I feel like he's going to try to work with the organization to make sure they get done whatever it takes for him to stay in Seattle. Um, but if he were to decide to leave, um, I think I can only think of two teams that would I think would best fit somebody for Russell Wilson. Um, the first team I want to say is oh, actually I didn't think about this team, but I'm mad at him in here later um but the first team i want to say is the bears only just in the fact or the bears and the saints i just bunch oh. them together only a sense that both teams really didn't win games this year because of their offense i mean for the bears they have an atrocious offensive line and i mean they have somewhat decent receivers but again we have offensive line what's really going to happen and outside of that the saints again they just depleted a quarterback if they had a uh, if James Winston might not have been hurt, he, they probably would have been in the playoffs the way they played. But I feel like those teams will make sense just because they already have a defense that's ready to win now. Um, and I feel like they, that would put him the best chance. He goes to the Bears. The Bears are then going to be committed to building an offensive line around him. He goes to the Saints. The Saints are just going to, are going to go back to their winning ways. And Michael Thomas might actually come back to the Saints if you hear somebody like Russell Wilson is coming. Um, I feel right. like those two teams – are would be um, really good spots from another team I just thought about. I'm not sure if it's going to happen. It might be a long shot, but the Cleveland Browns, for the same reasons I said for the Saints and the Bears, already have an established defense, have some playmakers in the offense that can do something when they get the ball. Plus, they have a really strong winning game, so they don't need to rely on Russell Wilson to do Russ magic. Plus, a very good offensive line, an offensive line that he really did, never had in Seattle. So that's the long shot one of the Browns, but if he does leave, I would say the Bears are the Saints. So let me – wait, go ahead, Kendrick, go ahead, go ahead. So, Chris, you're saying is that the Saints should just give up on having Jameis Winston? I mean, I'm not saying give up having Jameis Winston, but if a quarterback like Russell Wilson hits the market, I mean, why not go for him? Like, like, like I said, I've heard that – I don't know this to be true. I've heard that Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers have been linked to the Raiders. I mean, I love Derek Carr, but if their names pop up and we're on the radar, I mean, we're gonna call, we're gonna call them for something. Do you mean all right? <laughs> all right, Chris. But there's one thing you you said I want to highlight, and I want to follow it up with you. Uh, you said that the Seahawks will probably work whatever differences they have with Russell Wilson to keep him in there. What are some of the problems and factors you think? the Seahawks need to do in order to keep uh, Russell Wilson for many years to come, supposedly. I mean, I mean for one, they, got, they need an offense a lot. I think Russell Wilson is tired of being under pressure half, basically half of the game or more than half of the game. So, obviously, they need to be committed to offensive line. I've, I don't know what else is going on. I, they definitely need to work on their defense, especially the pass rushing, because they still really don't have a legitimate pass rusher. Yes, they have Bobby Wagner, and I don't even want to talk about Jamal Adams. He's been really disappointing this year, too. So, I, I don't want to bring him up, though. But it's just the fact that they really need to work on their defense and they need to work on the offensive line. But it's tough to do that when you don't have cap space because you're paying everybody – like Metcalf, Wagner, um, Adams, and Wilson, big bucks. So, I mean, that's what they had to do. I don't know if it'll get done, though. That's fair. Uh, Kendrick, so uh, Chris brought up some interesting teams, uh, especially with the Browns. Didn't even think of that one. Didn't expect that. Uh, definitely want to know your thoughts on what teams you think Russell Wilson should go to, should he be traded or signed. 
uh, via uh, however that goes and whether to give them the best opportunity to you know to win that Super Bowl championship for the next year? Uh, I mean, you know, there were some great teams said. I feel like there's like one strong place that really is going to need a quarterback if they want to win uh, now, and that's the Green Bay Packers. I I mean, it's a fact. I mean, you can what do you want to wait when have Jordan Love slowly progress when you have players who want to win right now? Like they signed back Devontae Adams. Then right. Devontae Adams is gonna probably want a legitimate quarterback rather than, you know, uh what a second or third year person, you know, that's slowly coming into the fold. But you know, Russell Wilson, he looking for somewhere to go, has you know, great running game, a solid old line weapons a nice defense i feel as though he should take that he should go to green bay i feel like that would be the best case where it's like we want to win right now we can win right now with uh with you there and just have the weapons in the defense boom and uh coaching as well and yeah i feel like green bay offers him the best chance of success for another ring all right, that that was definitely interesting too. Didn't expect the Green Bay Packers. I definitely want to swing it to Mar. Uh, Mar, what's your thoughts about uh, what Kendrick said in terms of uh, the Packers and Russell being like a ideal fit? And then from your own perspective, uh, what NFL franchise you think Russell Wilson should go to in order to maximize, give them the best shot to win the Super Bowl? Um. Well, I don't really see Russell Wilson leaving. I think. Basically, what Chris said, he want he'll he'll stay. He wants to stay. They just need to make some changes around him. But um, only team I could really think about that I would really want to see him play for is probably the Titans. I mean, got a defense, got a running back, got the receivers. It's like, why not go? Why not go to Tennessee? Right, Tennessee, Tennessee, and Russell Wilson. You don't this believe in like Ryan Tannehill there? Huh? Who? Ryan Tannehill. You you don't think you don't think that's a solid quarterback for them? That fits the perfect scheme? I mean, anybody can fit in that scheme. It ain't that hard. I can fit I can fit. <laughs> I mean, he's done some without Derrick Henry, I'll say that, but like the scheme is Derrick Henry is is the scheme. But <laughs> He's he's he can get the job done. I mean, like he's not bad. He knows how to play quarterback. He can he can deliver when he when he wants to. But I think Russell Wilson would just take would just take the Titans to a whole different level. So you saying that? I mean, Derrick Henry did miss what four or five games in the uh for the rest of the season, right? I mean, they I felt like they per- fared pretty well with Ryan Tannehill there. Yeah, they sure did. But I mean, like, who's who's in the who's in the division again? So who did they play twice? They played the Texans twice. They lost to the Texans oh. once. Nice. And then uh, <laughs> my point exactly. Then they played the Colts. <laughs> All right, lost to the Texans. My point exactly. Yeah. Then they, then they lost to. Uh, then they beat the Colts, and then I forget who the other team is. Well, I, yeah. I guess that's I guess oh it's the Jaguar. I mean lost, the Jaguar, yeah. Jaguar. Lost to the Jets. Yeah, see <laughs> that's the point. 
like I say, he wants to show it when he can, but losing to the Jets, losing to the Texans, that's just like unacceptable. I mean, but that but the Texans is a divisional game. You know all divisional games are always difficult. Come again. Oh, but <laughs> like um the Texans are a division are a division, a divisional game. Tyrod Taylor didn't even throw a touchdown. Let me see. All right, let me look at what Ryan said. Four interceptions. He threw the ball 52 times. See, you can't throw that man 52 times. They ain't got no scheme without Dick Henry. AP had nine carries. That's what I'm saying. Like, when he wants to, man, 52 times, one touchdown, reached the end zone, and he threw 300 yards. And you only threw it once in the end zone. And you threw and you threw three football fields. Man. And disappointed though. And it's disappointing. But a 13 points. I mean your point. I understand. I understand. Just was asking. All right. All right. Question. No, I'm not mad at it. <laughs> All right, Greg. We want to get to you. Uh definitely, man. What are what are some destinations that you think, if Russell was supposedly to leave the Seahawks or they were to separate, uh, what teams would you like to see him that you think in your mind would be able to maximize his abilities and get him uh, that Super Bowl championship? Uh, I feel like, you know, the um, the Broncos would be a good destination for him. I think the Broncos would have to just, like, make sh- improve their, their offensive line with the upcoming draft. Um, I would. Um, I think they have a pretty good wide receiving core with Jerry Judy. They got Cortland Sutland. They got uh, they got Noah Fant, and um, they also got Tim Tim Patrick. So they got a pretty good wide receiving core, like as a unit that Russell can sling the rock to. Uh, and they the the Broncos have well under the the most recent coach Vic Vangio that just got fired. They had a really they had a pretty good defense. Um, so it was just like, you know, they just couldn't, I feel like for, to attract Russell, you have to have a plan of how to develop the offensive line. Cause that's kind of what started the end of the role with the Seahawks. Um, and, uh, like us even watching that last, that last game of the season for the Broncos, they have offensive line problems and problem like, uh, uh, missing assignments. That's how, uh, that, that, uh, that's how. Uh, I forget the number running back's name, but like the the an offensive lineman or a tight end missed a tackle, and that's how that's what led to him fumbling, and then that changed the the per the uh, the entirety of the game. So I feel like if they can fix their offensive line, I would say the the Broncos because they have everything else that you need. I will also, as someone mentioned earlier, like consider the Saints, uh, and then just if in a wild card scenario is if. If Aaron Rodgers decides to leave the Green Bay Packers, then I would just say, why not Russell Wilson go there? Okay. Uh, definitely, didn't, definitely didn't expect the Broncos to be an option, but now that you broke it down, it seems like uh, definitely a nice place. Uh, I think that would be a good fit for him too. But wouldn't, but wouldn't that just be the same thing he's dealing with, wanting to the same thing change with the Seahawks? So with that, he should might as well just stay there. Um, I mean, I feel like, for instance, like I've, I'm saying, like for for instance, when when Tom Brady decided to go to the to the uh, 
like it has to be on good faith. And I think that the Seahawks have you've like I've lost faith in that the Seahawks can do this. And for a when you have a team as desperate of as the Broncos have been with because their last relevancy was when Peyton Manning could throw the foot could throw the football and he wasn't even throwing the football like that. That was the last time they were a relevant franchise. They're willing to do anything to get him. So it's similar to like I'm expecting they're gonna give they would give the Broncos would give Russell Wilson the same type of whatever come whatever he wanted, they would try to make sure that they would could up and that uphold that bargain. But I feel like when you stay in the same place for so long, people just like lie to you in your face. Like they don't they wouldn't they don't want to treat it's weird to say, but I feel like they, well, for all that he's done, they wouldn't treat Russell Wilson the same if he's, I feel like Russell Wilson feels like he he wouldn't get treated the same with the Seahawks as he would with the Broncos. Like, I feel like the Broncos would, like, kiss the feet, the, the, the air that he walks on and stuff like that, just because they need a quarterback and they haven't had one for so long. So I'm expecting, if Russell Wilson were to go to the Broncos to get the same treatment that uh, Tom Brady got when he went to the, to the, um, to the Buccaneers because the Buccaneers didn't really have a good offensive line either. And they improved through the draft and they also signed people. So I feel like they would have to have that understanding and to, to just know that they would get a quarterback like Russell Wilson. I feel like they would make that a, a, a commitment, but that's just me though. Like I, I, who's to say, right. But I feel like when you have someone as desperate as the Broncos are to get back to some sort of relevancy, you're willing to do anything. Oh, that's – I mean, yeah, you made some strong points, Greg. Uh, I Like I said, I think the, when you laid it out and broke it down like that, uh, I think the Broncos definitely is an ideal situation for Russell Wilson. All right. Uh, with that, we move on to the final topic of today's episode. And we're going to talk about this weekend. It's a lot of wild card matches, definitely some interesting games, and we definitely can't wait to watch those. But first, I want to ask the crew here and in their eyes and their own opinions on whether which matchup and which team will be able to come out of that matchup and advance and progress this season. So starting with this one, Chris, I'm going to I'm going to start with you, Chris. On Saturday, January, man, the Raiders play the Cincinnati Bengals. What what's going through your mind when you're thinking at that matchup? Who do you think comes out with the W? What do you think needs to be done for that team to get the W and, and proceed on to, with the season? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I don't want to pick with my heart because my heart says Raiders. I'm always saying Raiders. But, <laughs> again, if I'm choosing just based off of paper, I, I will tell you what the Raiders need to do in, the, in order to win, which is also difficult to do, especially since when we played them last time, they beat us. They beat us. So, I mean, obviously, this is going to be like a revenge game for the Raiders. Uh, I am nervous, though, because, again, being in Vegas, you don't really play in cold weather like that. And most of our players don't really play in cold weather. So, going to be a different environment going to Cincinnati, where I heard it was going to be a chance of snow, possibly, for the game, too. Um, right. I will say that the Raiders do want to have a chance to win, because somehow they do always end up in these very close games, these grit and grind games. They do have to play the Raider way. They have to be able to run the football well. They had to be able to get pressure to Joe Burrow, but if they get pressure, they have to be able to tackle him. Because the interesting fact that found out that Joe Burrow, when he's under pressure, he's the second best quarterback in the league and for um passing rating when he's under pressure. So 
when he gets under pressure, you have to make sure you get to him. You can't just like get back there and make him run out the pocket. You really have to tackle him. Um, obviously, you have to watch Jamar Chase because he can turn a little slant into a 75-yard touchdown whenever he wants to. Uh, you can't. You still have to watch out for Joe Mixon, and you have to pass protect. Now, obviously, like I said with Trey Hendrickson, the Bengals have a really solid pass rush now, and he's the culprit of it. If he gets back there and causes pressure, you don't know what Derek Carr could do. So sometimes he just does anything when he's in the pocket. So if you want to give, you got to give Derek Carr protection. So that's the thing the Raiders had to do. I am going to say though, I I want I want the Raiders win. I'm going to cheer for Raiders, but I do think the Bengals are going to win the game. I'll be honest. Okay, okay, uh, all right. That's definitely interesting. It makes some solid points, Greg. I want to ask you, uh, in terms of that matchup, who you think prevails and progresses this season, and what in the team you choose to get the W? What do they need to do in order to win? Uh, in terms of that matchup, uh, I, I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I am going to go with the underdog, and I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Um, I think everything is screaming for the Bengals to win this game. And I do believe that it's going to be a close affair, but I think that the Raiders pull off one more shocking performance before like, uh, and they find a way to win this game. I think that, like I said before, I think Max Crosby has had a great season. I feel like, that defensive line is going to find a way to get to the quarterback. And I feel like it's going to, um, the, and I feel like this, I, I just feel like it's, they're going to be able to do enough to keep the Raiders in the game. And whether you like Derek Carr or not, Derek Carr, when he's in the fourth quarter slash overtime, uh, finds a way to win the game. I think there's a stat that they were, that they said in the game that uh, that if it gets even gets close to over that in the overtime period, if Derek Carr has ever touched the ball, the Raiders have never lost. So the closer it gets towards the end to to the end of the fourth quarter or the beginning of overtime, the more I feel like it favors the Raiders, and I feel like that defense is going to give them the chance, the opportunity to at least be in that position. Okay. We do have a Chris. question picker too. Iceman Carlson. Don't forget the name. For sure. Iceman. All right. All right. Um, Mar, the Cincinnati Bengals and Raiders, uh, in terms of that matchup, who do you think prevails and get this and gets the W and the team that you choose for that to prevail the match? What do what do they need to do in order to uh to keep the season moving? Um well, I gotta be on like a close not very high scoring game. Well, it depends on what you call high scoring. Uh, I don't really have nobody touching 30. So I got to be in close in the 20s. Mm. And I, I I can't really say who I see winning. It's, it's really a toss up to me. Whichever team, what I will say, whichever team that wants to win is really just going to just is just going to come down to turnovers in this type of game. So, like, even because, like Chris was saying, with Joe Burrow being under pressure, I mean, Derek Carr is no scrub under pressure either. So, if y'all are just planning on getting back there to try to get in their face, that's not enough. They can both do. They both know how to get rid of the. Uh, they both know how to get rid of that pigskin pretty pretty quick, and they're deadly with it. So, I think it's really a toss up. 
and it really comes down to the really the line if it because pass protection or if it's uh or if they're running the ball because both teams have a good running back so it's come down to the line and the turnovers in my opinion for real for real Okay, that's definitely a, a, a perspective right there. And I do want to ask before I swing it to you, Kendrick. Uh, Mar said that he doesn't think it'll be a high-scoring game. I think so as well. And he said most of it'll be in the 20s. Chris, do you and Greg, do you guys feel like that's the case too? Uh, you got you got it, Chris. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what to say. Probably. I mean, I, I think about it, at the most, I think, what? You might get one or two touchdown pass from Derek Carr, maybe a touchdown run from Josh Jacobs, maybe two or three touchdowns from Joe Burrow. So, yeah, basically in the 20s. Yeah, I I think, yeah, I would say that, especially because it's going to be a colder game, you're going to have to rely on the running game a lot more. So I do, I do feel like the 20s is a more of a realistic margin, uh, like a realistic like expectation. I'm expecting like somewhere around the the, the score range of like 24, 20, like someone wins 24, 27. I mean, 27, 24. All right. Okay. Kendrick, I'm it to you. Um, this matchup, Cincinnati versus the Raiders, who do you have coming out from that battle? And the person, the team that you have going for the W, what do they need to do in order to come out of that battle? Well, besides outscore the opponent, um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I actually have the Bengals going and I have them and y'all talking about I want to go over 30, but I believe that the first team to get to 30 actually will win that game. Mm. Yeah. Because it's like they, they have the, they both, they have the ability to go back and forth on scores. But I, however, I feel like the Bengals offense will be too much for uh for for the Raiders because it's like okay what are we going to slow down are we going to try and slow down the receivers then we have to deal with Joe Mixon going off are we going to focus on the run and then you have to deal with Tyler Boyd T Higgins and Jamar Chase all having a field day on the on the DBs so it's like you really got to pick your poison with what you want to stop and how you want to stop that with the Bengals and I feel like their offense is too is is going to be um, too much for the Raiders, in which case I feel like the Bengals are going to win. Okay. Uh, that's, so the first team that a touch 30 is the one most likely to win. Okay, that's a perspective I didn't view from that point. That, that makes sense too as well, so definitely can't disagree with that. We're going to move on to the next matchup of that Saturday. It's only two, two, two matchups uh, on the Saturday. So we got the Patriots – Versus the Buffalo Bills, another game uh, you'll definitely want to be glued into. Uh, I want to swing it uh, to Mar first. Uh, who do you have coming out of that battle? And the team that you choose, what do you what do they need to do in order to win? I got the Bills winning. Um, um, I just don't think the Patriots have enough to get it done. I just okay. I don't think Bill Belichick is just going to coach his way out of this one. This is a whole type of – this is a different environment. This is just um, – I just don't think they have enough to win, especially at the quarterback position. They're just – the Bills are just too advanced. Okay, okay. 
Uh, Greg, uh, you know, Mars said the Bills are too advanced, uh, way too advanced for the, the Patriots at least. Uh, who do you have coming out of, out of that matchup? And the team you choose, what do they need to do in order to come out of that battle? Honestly, like, I'm going to keep it a whole being. I'm going to keep it a whole being with you, bro. I really just feel like I don't, like, personally, I don't, like, I, I don't even forget who wins. I don't want to see the Patriots win. Like, I don't like, feel like watching Patriots, watching the Patriots play football is so boring. Like, it is, like, the most boring offense. Like, like and it's so it is so effective, and it works, and it's worked for a long time. But, like, personally, like, I'd much rather see – I'd much rather want to see a Bills game. I, and I can't believe – I don't even like watching the Bills that much either. But I'd much rather see how the Bills fare against another team like the – like, potentially the Kansas City Chiefs or the Tennessee Titans versus a Patriots matchup. With a rookie quarterback, like it's just, just, just me. So I, okay. I'm going, I'm going with the Bills off of principle. Oh, oh, okay. So you go with the Bills, all right. But why are you choose? Okay, you choose the Bills. Yeah. So oh. in terms of like what they need to do, I feel like the entire season the Bills have done a good job on relying on Josh Allen, but in order for the Bills to really unlock their potential. They need, I think, Devin Singletary, who was starting to come on as of late as they progress towards postseason play, and they need to rely on the running game uh, 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 to be uh, not not for it to be the most like not to, for De- Devin Singletary to become the second coming of Jonathan Taylor, but just to be effective enough to keep the defense honest, so that like when it's when it's the play action pass or. Uh, or when they want to take shots downfield, Josh Allen has enough time to find Stefan Diggs and some of his other players that have been coming on. Like uh, I think there's another brother named Gable that has been playing really well recently. Um, so, yeah, I feel like the, the key is to have a respectable running game. All right, that's fair. Uh, Kendrick, in terms of, the Buffalo Bills and Patriots. I mean, Greg's statements about the Patriots offense uh, and also in terms of what Mars said about the Bills offense being too advanced. Uh, in your opinion, what do you think about the matchup and who do you have coming out of that battle? And for that team you choose to win, why do you think they'll be able to win? And what do they need to do to overcome that uh, to become the winners? Um, I believe – the team that's going to win is the Buffalo Bills just because I feel like um, the Patriots defense, although it is good, it won't be enough. And I feel like it's going to be that game is going to come down to the wire. And I feel like Josh Allen's offense is going to prevail over the defense. Okay. So I'm thinking the offense is the reason why they take down the Patriots. All right. That's okay. Chris, I mean, what, what's your thoughts about the Bills and Patriots and the team you choose to win? What do they need to do to, in order to get that W? Um, I agree with Greg in the fact that I it is really irritating to watch the Patriots offense play because they do have a very slow-paced offense, and it is very, very ugly to see at times. 
But with that being said, I actually do think the Patriots are going to win the game. Um, I do believe in Josh Allen, and I feel like he's going to do his part, but I feel like the defense isn't going to do their part. I feel like Mac Jones is just somehow not going to make a mistake, even if this is the first playoff game. And I feel like the defense is not go- is going to do enough to contain Josh Allen. They're going to do enough to contain Stephon Diggs. They're going to do enough just to contain that high profit that the Bills can have. And if the Patriots can do that, they can get back to Josh Allen, uh, get him out the pocket, just get him on the run. They can constantly get pressure back there, make sure Stephon Diggs and other receivers are covered. I feel as though that if the defense just prevails them, they're going to win this game. So I'm actually going to go with the Patriots. Okay, going with the Patriots. All right. All right, so it's pretty even spread it out between the uh, the Patriots and uh, the Bills from what you guys are giving answer-wise. So those are the two matchups that is on Saturday, guys. So uh, for the listeners and viewers that are listening to this episode, definitely tune into those games, and we can't wait to talk about it in the next episode. So we also move on to Sunday's matchups. We move on to the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oof. This game right here. Kendrick, I want to start with you. Uh, I want to ask you one key thing. Uh, which player do you feel, whether it be the offensive, defensive end, that we need that needs to be able to take that extra jump in order for the Eagles, if that is your choice, to win the game? Or whoever you have decided to win the game, what do they need to do in order to get the W? Uh, Jalen Hurts, he needs to be – he needs to really lead the team. Well, one, I'm taking the Eagles just because off of base of looking at numbers between how Tom Brady fares against teams in the NFC East in the playoffs. He's one and three. On the stats, though. Okay, using the stats. Against teams against in the uh, NFC East, he is one and three. So I'm going to go with the fa- well, with the underdogs in the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Buccaneers. And I want to say that Jalen Hurts needs to be the forefront leader that he always has been. Yes, this is new territory from being this is his first playoff experience in the NFL, but he does have a champion mindset um, being from Alabama and everything and like, you know, playing in big games. But this is a little bit. Of, this is a bigger game, but this is still, you know, he's played in big games. And I feel like him stepping up and really and like. Um, setting the uh, setting the tone on offense so the defense can build off of each other. And that's another thing. They need to be in cohesive. They need to be cohesive. They need the offense needs to build off the defense and the defense needs to build off the offense for them to succeed against Tom Brady. All right. Okay. Wait, hold on. Can I ask you a question, Kendrick? Mm. All right. This is good. All ears. Are you saying Tom Brady is one and three against team, those teams in the Super Bowl? Or is it like postseason or something? In the Super Bowl, well, that's still the playoffs. But in the Super Bowl against when he played in the um when he plays a NFC East team in the playoffs, he is one in three. Mm. And that one being oh, he beat the uh, Eagles in the Super Bowl in two thousand. The was it two? I think it was the two thousand four. It was 2004. Yeah, but then you just beat Washington like a couple years ago. Who's that? Washington football team? Yeah. Did he? He beat them last year. 
Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. I, well, I mean, that still gives them two and three then in the playoffs. So I'm still going. So I forgot about that game, but I'm still going to go with the underdogs and the Eagles and his record against them in the playoffs. Okay. I'm okay. You, you're that. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's just a hilarious stat to use. That'd be a reason. <laughs> Wait, Mark, so since you said all that, I was going to swing it to Chris first. I got to swing it to you now. I mean, what? so what about – so hearing from you, obviously, it seems like you don't expect us to be able to do anything in this matchup. Uh, no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Let me, just, <laughs> let me read. So listen, I say Kendrick thing. I say Kendrick's stat theory is just funny because, I mean, Tom Brady spent his whole career in the AFC. So, I mean – I mean, so I mean, I just that's why I just thought it was funny. And then um it's not like y'all can't win. I heard Chris saying earlier, it's like everybody, anybody can win, everybody can lose, but like if Tom, I'm expecting Tom Brady to win. If y'all win though, I won't be shocked. Because at this point, I said it earlier. <laughs> I, I said it, I said it to some people earlier. I said Tom Brady is just He's not the type of person where it's like, oh, it's Tom Brady. Let's get scared. Everybody gets scared now. He's not that. He's not that Tom Brady anymore. He's isn't. It isn't like oh, it's, it's like it's not like oh, it's Tom Brady. They're about to come back. Oh, it's Tom Brady. Hold on. Don't don't go anywhere. You're gonna miss something. No, it's just regular old oh, Tom Brady. He might get it done. He might not. He's not the same right. old Brady. So if y'all win, I won't be shocked, but I wouldn't put money on it. <laughs> Regular old Tom Brady. That's funny hearing that in, in the sentence of Tom Brady. Uh, uh, Greg, I'm gonna swing it to you. Between the Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles, who do you have coming me, out of that? Yeah, I gotta ask you. Ask you don't gotta ask me. Bro. Yes, it's, it's straight bird. It's <laughs> bird work. What you talking about? Straight like that. It's bird work. Coco, coco. Like you know what I mean? Like it's definitely not an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. That's fine, and that's fine. I didn't say it wasn't eagle sound. I said it's straight bird work. That's what I said. I, I did. I say it was an eagle. I didn't. I don't do a good eagle. That's why I just did the bird sound that I could. Good brother. Um. Yeah. So um, I'm out here just. I want you to. I wanted you to know that the last time the Buccaneers played the Eagles, it was the, the 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 Eagles lost twenty two to twenty eight. The, if y'all watched the game, it was screaming. Let the let the running backs run the ball, and yet at the time, see, you, see, you gotta give you gotta give our 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 head coach, you know, Nick Sirianni. You gotta give him some some grace, man. He's a, he's a he was this was his first couple games in the league. He didn't know what he was doing. He thought he should just keep on throwing the ball, throwing the ball, even though it was screaming, run the ball. The Buccaneers are have have played have faced a plethora of injuries over the over the past year that has severely impacted this football team. And while they have Vita Vea, who is indeed a run stopper, the rest of the team is still depleted. Our bet are the Eagles literally have st- decided to start running the ball the week after that matchup. And we have not looked back ever since that game. That game, that game was the beginning of the Eagles 
team that you see standing right in front of you. Oh my and I god. Like my, and I like my chances. Call me. You know what? Call me naive. Call me. Call me naive. You're going too far there, Greg. Oh hey, too far. Yes. <laughs> call me naive. Call, call me naive. <laughs> call me anything you want. But if you're asking me whether I'm taking my my Eagles to fly, Eagles fly against these wounded Buccaneers, these wounded <laughs> Pirates from Tampa Bay, I'm taking my Eagles. Yeah. Oh, call, call, call. Yeah, stop doing that sound. Go birds. <laughs> I end my. I I yield the rest of my time, Collins. God bless. Oh my. All right. All right. Uh, Chris, last but not least, we didn't get to you yet. <laughs> uh, you made some statements earlier. I think I have an idea of who you will, but you know, you'll officially say it. Uh, who do you have coming out of that matchup, and what does that team need to do in order to succeed and uh, progress the season? Keep moving. I mean, I agree with Mark, and I would be surprised if y'all won, but I'm not picking against Tom Brady against y'all. I mean, again, I mean, y'all might make it a fight. It, it might be, it could be a really close game. I would not be surprised if it was a close game because, like they, like Greg said, the last game they had ended in the close was a close game. But I'm not betting against Tom Bridge, so I got the Buccaneers. Chris, let me ask you: On 2018, did you bet against us? Did I bet against you guys in 2018? Yeah. yeah. That's not 2018 oh. though. That's not the same team. You don't have the same players. <laughs> All right, though. All right, just hey, man, just gotta throw it out there. Gotta, uh, you, got, you know, you had, a, you had a better record than y'all do now. Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? You had a much different team. Listen, wait, wait, Colin, Colin, can I ask you who you yeah. got with? Oh man, I don't even know why you asked, Mark. I don't Colin, even know why you. You're the type. You're the type to not say I got the Eagles winning on air, but as soon as they I win, the you, like I told I you, I had to further up the Eagles. And we're gonna win this game. Now, I'm not about to say by how much. I'm not sure, but it'll be a close game. But I feel like we'll pull through and make history. Only, and go the, back. Only the only reason he's saying is because of what Greg says. So thanks, Greg, for that. So what are you talking? Talk- we're going you, to the Super Bowl. Colin, do you know who you play next if you if you beat the Bucks? Uh, no, I'm not sure. It. It's week by week. We ain't gonna talk, <laughs> about, <laughs> we gonna talk about that. We we're gonna talk um, about week by week. Listen, all you need to know is you're take, you're taking a trip up north. That's all I'm gonna say. Listen, we got no, you know, yeah, yeah, battle. I see, I see. On battle yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, because we're the seventh team, we, we would have to go see the we would have to go see the Packers. I think. I mean, listen, like I said, and you know, and you know what, and you know what, I'm not even gonna say, let's say hypothetically speaking, let's say hypothetically speaking, let's say hypothetically, we move on. I'm not even gonna say we're gonna beat the Packers because they got a loaded roster, but it's gonna be one heck of a game. It's yeah, going to be one heck of a game. Devontae Slay would get big by Devontae Adams. That's not going to be the Stop it. Stop it. Don't disrespect Darius Slay. Come on. Don't disrespect the dude. He's a pro bull. Right. He's a pro bull, but he can't even guard Hunter Ruffro. Come on now. I'm not disrespecting him, but he can't guard Ruffro. He had one bad game and it's a problem. Exactly. He can't guard Ruffro's. It's Devontae Adams. He just cooks everybody. There's nothing against him. He cooks everybody. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like he's going cooking, cooking. He might have yeah. a couple good days. He yeah. said not cooking, he cooking. Go- That's his thing. Yeah. He cooks. What? Yeah. Wait, so wait, hold like, on. Okay, wait, there's, wait, a there's a difference. Hold on. Devontae, I, Devontae Adams be like cooking brothers. 
where it's like it's like full on stick. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, medium yeah, yeah. well. You know what I'm saying? Versus full like versus like versus like you know what I'm saying? Sometimes he'd be cooking people over hundred yards, but he gotta earn, he gonna earn that one hundred yards. And of that's course. what Darius Slade is going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not going to cook, but it's going to be still yeah, marinated. Like I was wrong for, say, for saying Devontae going to – we for saying Right, right that's just the same thing. Wait, so I if I say – I didn't say, say that. Cooper I didn't Cup, agree. I didn't agree. If I say Cooper Cup didn't cook Darius Slade, am I wrong for saying that? I, hear, yeah. I can see why you would say that, but I'm a school. Oh, when I say when 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 I say the brothers is 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 frowned upon. I didn't even say nothing. I didn't even say nothing. I'm not gonna lie. I like Darius Slade. I like Darius Slade's chances better against Cooper Cup than I do against. All right, thank you. That's okay. what I like. Okay. <laughs> I read All right. Oh. He said, "I read hear that." All right. Chris, I got the answer. We move on to the next matchup. Uh, it's two matchups each day. So it was two matches on Saturday, two matches on Sunday. We move on to the next match. Uh, following from the Eagles and Buccaneers, we move to San Francisco 49 versus the Dallas Cowboys. So this is another matchup. Uh, definitely get some eyes and looks. Uh, I want to swing it to uh, – Collins, Collins, let me go, let me go first, bro. Let me go first. Yeah, I was going to let you go okay. first, actually. Greg, who do you have coming out that matchup? Oh, I said, no more. <laughs> I got, I got, and I, I got and, and with all my heart, I got the oh. San Francisco 49ers. Oh, these brothers about to go down to Dallas. Oh, these brothers, these brothers from San Francisco about to put on the show for the Asians. They about to make Jimmy G look like Tom Brady for one night. Oh, it's about to be nasty. Oh, I can only, I can only imagine. And, and Dak Prescott, you know. You know, Dak Prescott gonna do his thing where like he's he plays like he plays like trash for a quarter or two, and then in the third quarter he tries to start to mount a comeback, and in the fourth quarter he's gonna get close, and then they're gonna close the door on him. And it's it's just they're gonna build him up just to break him down. And then we're gonna go into the offseason. Cowboys gonna try to win the Super Bowl next year. It's just a cycle, it's a cycle as a Cowboys fan, and I feel bad for the brothers that are. Oh, God bless. <laughs> All right, Mar. With that being said, with Greg, what Greg just stated, uh, who do you have coming out of that matchup? And the 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 team you choose to win that battle, uh, what do they need to do in order to overcome that? Um, I really want to take Dallas. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna just take Dallas. Um, <laughs> oh. I want to take Dallas. I'm gonna take Dallas. All right. No, because so I was. I was thinking about San Fran. I was like, but Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, that whole that deal is just unstoppable. And if there's only one way to stop the Cowboys, and if you ain't stopping, then like if you ain't if you ain't making Dak have an off game, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna lose. So if Dak is on, it's over. They're gonna light them up and the defense is gonna get their stops. So I I don't even see this being a game to be honest. Can I comment on something real quick? Sure can. The Cowboys defense is not unstoppable. I'm not hearing that. Mm. I, I said it was unstoppable. Yes, you did. That's what I heard. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I thought I said the defense is going to make the stops, but I'm sorry. This is the only thing I remember saying about stops. But like I said, Dak, Dak is, if Dak is on – the offense, they're, they're going to look unstoppable, and the defense is going to make the stops. So, 
I like I said, I don't see this being a close game. Not even a close game. Okay. Uh Chris, uh, in your thoughts, uh the matchup, uh what which team do you have coming out of there with a W and what did that team need to do in order to keep the season alive and moving? Um I will say this. I think this will be the best game of the playoffs. Of the, oh, not playoff, but of playoff weekend. I do think that. I don't – well, I'll tell you about expectations oh, yeah. for the Cardinals and Rams. But for this game, I yeah. think it's going to be the best game. I think both teams are going to show up in the ways they need to. I think Debo Samuel is going to have one of the – is going to have one of the best games of his life, to be honest with you. But I also think okay. Dallas is going to show how, how prolific of an offense they have. I will say, though, I'm going to go with the 49ers because at the end of the day, like Greg said and kind of like what famous Cowboys troll Stephen A. Smith say, whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. They might stay in the game until the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden they will just collapse, and I can really see that happening. So because of that, I think it's going to be an entertaining game, but I feel like Dallas is not going to win. So I'm going with San Fran. Okay. Nope. All right. So San Fran, San Fran, and we got a Cowboy. Uh, Kendrick, uh, you'll be the tiebreaker. You'll give the advantage. Um, in terms of that matchup, who do you have pulling out getting that W, and what does that team need to do in order to keep the season alive? Um, so I let me tell you a little story before I uh, before I give you my answer. I had this little bet. My brother is a cow, uh, not a Cowboys. He's a 49ers fan. I had bet him that you know the year that they went to the Super Bowl I had bet them that they wouldn't go they wouldn't win more than 6 games bet $50 on that and then I also threw in a, he also threw an extra incentive that was for every two more games they win um we add on $25 I ended up losing that bet $150 cuz I bet against the so as a personal experience and personal pain that I went through I'm not betting against the 49ers especially against the Cowboys even though, yes, they are well-talented on both sides of the ball, but I just think that the 49ers defense is going to really show who they are and who they always have been. And uh, George Kittle is going to be the X factor of the game and going to be the reason why that um, the 49ers um, overtake the Cowboys. All right. Okay. So San Francisco, that's everyone's picks here. Uh to move on. Can I can I can I say one more thing? Add on. The only last thing I'll say is, you know, when we were talking about the Eagles just now, there were like people were very quick to mention that, like, you know, we we benefited from a soft schedule to end the year out. What I will say is that notice like the, for all that that was said about the Eagles and their light schedule, in terms of the division, the Eagles only went three and three in the division for the entire year. The Cowboys won eleven. What did they win? Like twelve games, and they I believe they went six and zero oh in the division. So that means they went six and zero oh in the division and six and five versus everybody else. So Dak Prescott always finds a way to be to be on against the NFC East, but against everybody else. He's a a bit more average. So the chances, so when we're saying like, oh, if Dak Prescott is on, it's not even close. That's a big if, because we, history has shown us that against everybody else, he's typically a little bit over a 500. He's a six and five starter. He's He's just above average. That's it. 
was a key. You brought us some key facts that definitely watching the game. I'll definitely keep that in mind. Uh, so pretty much to say, San San Francisco 49ers is uh, the overwhelming result from the restricted zone pod. We got oh, one more game. Whoa, 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 whoa! Because how big, how big is this? Is that you talking? Hmm. Because against Carolina, he threw four touchdowns. Against Arizona, he threw three touchdowns. Okay. So one was a win, one was a loss. But so one, and one was in the, in, against Arizona, that was, that everyone agreed that was a terrible performance by the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Against Carolina Panthers, I mean, what's the brothers on the other side? I don't, I don't remember the brother's name. The brother's name on the, the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, not not Cam Newton. The last, the what's the name of the other brother? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold had fought like five turnovers that game. I would mm-hmm. hope the offense. I would hope the offense of the Cowboys would be able to benefit of four of like four to five turnovers that the other team was providing. He I threw mean, three against New England. Who? That he threw three against New England in the season opener. He threw three against uh Tampa Bay. So, I mean, so how big is this if that you're talking? I'm asking. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying it's a big if because history has shown us that against everybody else, Dak Prescott is just above average. <laughs> that's a, So that's a big if. I mean, his biggest games where the Cowboys throw all these crazy numbers are typically against teams that aren't in the playoff conversation. And if they are, the team's in the NFC East. And what I mean by that is basically the Philadelphia Eagles. So any other team, it's pretty been like pedestrian, if not like head-scratching performances. I mean, I don't – do I need to bring up the Chiefs game? Do I need to bring up the – the? Uh, I'm just trying to think. Who else do I need? To th- I don't even remember who – I mean, I can tell you the games. It's the Chargers games, but I know if I tell you – if I do the same thing about Patrick Mahomes, you're going to be like, what about this game? That's what I'm doing with Dak Prescott. I'm saying, what about this game? What about this no, game? No, and, and I'm saying and I'm saying fair, but I'm saying like at least Dak, like Dak, we can, can we at least make the argument that Dak Prescott has not been the same since the calf injury that transpired at the end of the that Patriots game? 37 and 10 this year, 37 touchdowns and 10 picks. And I, and I feel, I thought it was 42. Wasn't it like 42 or 46? Or something like that, because I know he had like five against the Eagles that they said helped break the all-time TD record as a Cowboys for a season. Oh well, yeah, if you put them five in there, that's probably forty-two then, because it just say thirty-seven right now. Um, and I'm I'm not even trying to come at that. I'm just saying like it's it's well documented that the Cowboys have been on a roller coaster this season because at one point they were seven and one, and they kind of and they finished this year. Uh, was it twelve and five? So, like, they kind of went through a stretch where they were losing to head-scratching teams. They lost to the Broncos. They got whooped at, by the Broncos at home. We're not going to yeah, talk about that. that, we, that like, that's what I'm saying. That's the games where he's off and they get whooped. But I'm saying when he's on, it's like, dog. Oh so, what I'm God. hearing is – so, what I'm hearing is – but so, what I'm trying to say is you're not far off from what I'm trying to say because when he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he's off. So, what I'm hearing is that's a big if – because if he's on, the Cowboys are good. But if he's off, the Cowboys are off. And against teams that aren't the NFC East, he's typically one game he's on, the other game he's off. So it's a big if because this is the playoffs. And, the, and you know what I'm saying? And it's not like Dak hasn't 
had had subpar performances at Jerry World, you know what I'm saying, against okay defenses, like, for instance, the Broncos. Now you're going to bring the, the San Francisco 49ers in here. I'm just saying that's a big if. I don't know what Dak we're going to get. If I was confident, if this was Dak from before the calf injury, hey, brother, running away, easy victory. But I'm concerned, and I wouldn't be surprised. That's why I'm taking the 49ers to win. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. All right. So we move on to the next matchup of Sunday, the final matchup of Sunday. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, before I even get in and start asking you guys individually, I like to insert a quote. The quarterback of the Steelers, Ben himself. Now, whether he said it jokingly or not, he said in the press conference, we don't have a chance against the Chiefs, right? And that's just what I'm going to put out there. So just have that thought in mind. So I want to swing it up to Kendrick. Uh, Kendrick, what's your thought about the matchup and who do you have coming out of that matchup and surviving the season? And what do they need to do in order to keep this uh, season alive? Uh, I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to win the game. And they win the game based off of one player and one player only, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes comes out doing his thing that he that he is known to do, and everybody else does their job. But especially Patrick Mahomes, I say they run away with this game. But, but if they don't do their job and they don't uh, come out and Patrick Mahomes be on his A game, then the Steelers – do have the ability and the possibility to sneak this one out. So as long as Patrick Mahomes is on his A game, then there's a chance for, you know, there's not a chance. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a no, a no doubter that the Chiefs win. But if Pat is off his game and struggles, that puts them in jeopardy just because of the defense he has on the other side, just because of the defense of the Chiefs. Okay. All right. Uh, well, you made some fair points. Chris, I want to swing it to you. Uh, between the Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who do you have coming out of that matchup? Do you think it will be a high-scoring high game, low-scoring game? And the team that you do have coming out of that battle, what do they need to do in order to survive the season? There's, there's only, only one thing you got to say. I'm picking the Chiefs, and all you got to do is ask for the Steelers. The Steelers are going to go touchdown for touchdown with them. So, just outscore the Steelers. Okay. All right. Greg, uh, your man, Patrick Mahomes, your boy. Is that who you're rocking with? Or do you think the Steelers could have a make that chance to sneak a win in there? Um, I feel like um, – I mean, I feel like – it's going to be a closer game, that closer, close for comfort, especially like having followed off of the heels off of this Broncos game. I feel like this cheat, the, the, I feel like the Steelers offense in particular is going to be a little bit anemic. And so the Chiefs are going to get some turn off turnovers all, um, in the game that kind of break the door open. 
but I think it's going to be too close for comfort heading into like midway through the third and the Chiefs take over and win the game. All right. Okay. So, all right. So we're going to move on to the final, the very final matchup of the wild card. It's going to be on a Monday. It's going to be on a Monday. And this one I'm definitely excited about. Chris touched on it a little bit, but uh, we'll be able to expand on it more. The Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams. is I'm so excited for that game. I think I think it's a major toss-up, but I want to swing it to Chris first. Chris, what's your thoughts on that matchup? Uh, what's the key things that, you know, as, as a fan you'll be watching for? And also the team that you choose to win, uh, what do they need to do in order to get the W? So the reason why I don't think this is going to be the most exciting game of the week of the weekend for us, even though most of the big names in this game is because one of these two teams is not going to show up. Now, I think that the Rams are going to win because I feel like they need to avenge themselves from the last time they played the Cardinals. But also this time, the Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins. And for some reason, apparently DeAndre Hopkins was the glue of that offense. I knew he was – I mean, everybody knows he's the best receiver on that team by a long shot. But I didn't think losing him, they would fall off as much as they did. They turned into almost a completely different team without him. And while they still – and while they still ended the season with a pretty decent record, we all had to remember, they started 7-0. and And they finished 11-5, and so – that second half of the season really wasn't good without DeAndre Hopkins. So you see the importance he has in that team. But, again, sometimes the offense does not click without him. And if the offense doesn't click, I feel like the Rams will take advantage of that. But, again, which I, which I think everybody can agree with me on this, this is probably going to be the biggest game of Matthew Stafford's career. So he cannot afford to do the things that he does. I feel like, for the reasons why I said you guys before, he's a generational talent, but he – tends to some for some reason make mistakes and like the stuff that I was saying about him early in the season about how he really didn't have to face any pressure because he never played with a team that was stacked like this Rams team is he still managed to sometimes revert back to what he does in Detroit and if he does that the Cardinals could capitalize off that so I just feel like it's going to come down to which team what is it going to show up Matthew Stafford or the Cardinals offense because whoever doesn't show up the other team will capitalize on all right, uh, Chris, you made some definitely key points about who's going to – it comes down to who's the one that comes more prepared and who shows up, and, you know, in, in the bright lights. And you definitely made some key points too. Uh, Greg, I want to swing it to you before I swing it to Kendrick. Uh, what's your thoughts about this matchup? Do you believe it will be a high-scoring high game, low-scoring game? And the team that you have coming out of that matchup, what do they, what do they need to do in order to win? You know what? If DeAndre Hopkins can find a way to suit up and play this game, I'm going to take the Cardinals because – and I don't even want to take the Cardinals because I really want Matthew Stafford to have a deep playoff run to put, like, the naysayers to bed. But what Matthew Stafford has shown me this season – is that he is just a very inconsistent quarterback. And what this defense has shown me from the Rams is that the, the Rams defense, for all the big-name time that they have, are just as inconsistent as Matthew Stafford is throwing the football. So 
the last time we saw a full Cardinals team led with DeAndre Hopkins, they were setting they were setting the league on fire and, and making everyone take notice. So I'm going to and the Cardinals have been a great team on the road versus compared to home. I believe they're eight and one this season on the road versus four and four at home this season. So with all that is giving me it's giving me like a reason to feel like I feel like the people that needed to show up this season in the NFL and need to prove the naysayers wrong have done a terrible job from the Baker Mayfields of the world to the Carson Wentz's of the world. And I feel like Matthew Stafford is going to put up a performance that is going to make him the latest victim of disappointment this year. Okay. So you feel like Matthew Stafford will let his team down. And I felt like otherwise. So we can't wait for that uh, to go down. But you definitely made some key points that, you know, in high, maybe Matthew Stafford might have, might have a difficult time in that game particularly, but I feel like he'll be able to pull through and with the weapons around him. Uh, Kendrick, last but not least, uh, who do you have in that matchup particularly? Uh, and do you think it'll be a high-scoring, low-scoring game? And the team that you have winning, uh, what do they need to do in order to keep this season alive and pushing? Um, so, listen, truly, I would not want to against, uh, vo- uh, really uh, go against Kyle Murray because I actually like Kyle Murray as a um, player. I had high regards for him coming into the season, especially the Cardinals winning the division, which they didn't. But, you know, that's then his now. But I'm actually going to go with the Rams. And one thing that one real big thing that stands out to me that uh, makes me go with the Rams um, rather than the rather than the Cardinals, even though, you know, they're missing DeAndre Hopkins and I understand all that and everything. But it's just Kyler Murray is just bad against the Rams. He's just like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't really play all that well when he plays the Rams because his career record against the Rams is one in five. And it's just like, wow. And then especially in a playoff atmosphere, especially with that Rams defense and understanding that the inconsistencies. But I feel like the Rams take this one away just because of the struggles Kyler Murray faces every time he plays the the Los Angeles Rams. So that in itself, and as long as, you know, the Rams do their job and contain Kyler how they always been doing in his career against them, they have a strong probability, a strong chance of winning the game and continuing their season. The score, if all goes right and the defense plays their part, I can see the Cardinals not getting, not breaking 20 points. All right. Definitely made some great uh, points, Kendrick. Um, hearing you guys talk about it is it gave me even more pumped up for the game itself. <laughs> it'll be on Monday, obviously, so gotta wait. But the games that'll be uh, played on Saturday, Sunday is just interesting too, as well. So can't wait to watch those. So that concludes episode fifty-three of the Restrict This Own podcast. Definitely want to give a big shout out to my fellow Coles, uh, Mar, Chris, Greg, and Kendrick. I appreciate you guys. Uh, you made this episode definitely wonderful. Hopefully the viewers and listeners uh, think the same too. 
Uh, we definitely want to thank you guys for listening, supporting us, following us on Instagram, uh, watching our stuff, whether it be on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and et cetera. We are also available on all, all streaming platforms. We will have a little website where we will be talking about certain topics and sports as well, too. So be on the lookout for that. And also, thanks a lot for also tuning in to us on Anchor. I see that Anchor, we've gotten a lot of a lot of bit of uh, increase from a lot of viewers, and we appreciate it. We try to work hard, and we'll definitely be more consistent with the production and also the episode. So thank you. Happy New Year's. Enjoy the games over the weekend. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you.